Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a special guest for you today. His name is Dr. Chashveen Ekram. He's a co-founder and chief medical officer of Luma Health. He's also a practicing radiologist at the Redwood Radiology Group, specializing in chest imaging. Dr. Ekram successfully built and currently oversees two patient programs for valve replacement and lung screening. In his role as chief medical officer, Dr. Ekram serves as a strategic customer contact to ensure the company's patient relationship management system delivers optimal clinical workflows and the company's patient relationship management goal meets the goals of the company. Dr. Ekram also drives medically focused product innovation and identifies and leads partnerships efforts to further expand product application areas that help orchestrate the entire patient journey. He is an outstanding individual, also a self-taught coder. So I'm excited to, uh, to have him join us on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So is there anything in that intro, Dr. Ekram, that I uh, left out that maybe you want to highlight? No, no, I think that was a good intro. I think uh, to sum it up, I, I split my time between trying to being a physician and taking some of that, my experience of being a physician and driving some of the work we do at Luma Health. Love it. And, and so what, what is it that got you into the healthcare sector to begin with? One of the big reasons I went into medicine was that it was a very unique way for me to combine my um, somewhat geeky interest in science, but also helping people. Um, I found early on in my uh, undergrad career that I really enjoyed working with people and helping them solve problems um, and in a very intimate way. Um, but at the same time, I also had a strong interest in science, and it was a very convenient way to kind of combine the two in a, in a way that so it, it kind of satisfied my academic interest in, in science and being kind of in the nitpick details of things. But at the same time, using that science and that science knowledge and driving actual outcomes or, or um, patient satisfaction. I think it's a great combo. And, um, and so you've obviously done some really great work around improving patient outcomes and, and now your work with, with Luma, what would you say needs to be front and center on today's healthcare leader agenda and how are you guys addressing it? So I think one of the most important things that I think we as a nation, as a U.S. healthcare system, um, both at a very macro level and a micro level have realized that our, the way our current healthcare system works, is kind of broken. And just to give you an anecdote, what really drove the home, what drove this point home for me was when our so I, I did a lot of my training in, in, in Michigan, in the Southeast Michigan. Um, and so I was very intimately familiar with the car industry there. And although I didn't actually work with them, I had a lot of friends. And at, during that downturn, when the Obama administration came and, and bailed them out, one of the most important uh, or interesting anecdotes that came out of that was that if you asked GM, for example, what was the greatest cost in them building a car? It wasn't the manual labor. It wasn't the iron that was going into it. It wasn't anything that was physically in the car. It was actually healthcare. I don't offhand remember the number that they gave. I think it was around 25 to 30% of the cost that you as a customer paying for a car actually went in paying for healthcare. Those are healthcare for their current employees and, and their um, retirees. And it's kind of, kind of an odd thing to think about. When you're buying a car, you don't think about that a lot of this money is going to go for pay for healthcare. But that, I think that was actually a symptom of not something that was inherently wrong with GM. It was actually something inherently wrong in our entire healthcare system. And I think we've known this. Anyone who's been in the thick of it 
if you look at the last 10 to 15 years, um, the costs of healthcare in this country have been rising exponentially. But unfortunately, our outcomes are pretty flat. So if you compare us to other westernized nations, yeah. our outcomes are actually worse or maybe on par with them, but our costs are rising. And so I think the, the greatest problem that we have is to address this issue. And there's obviously a lot of many efforts that have con- gone into trying to solve this and you know, where the solution rise. But I kind of looking at working with a lot of physicians, working within Luma Health, one thing that I've become a, a fan of is what was being put, put forth as, as value-based medicine, which kind of helps to balance the patient outcome, uh, looking at costs, and kind of bring all the stakeholders kind of on the same page. Um, and so what, what is difficult about that as a provider is that most providers don't like a lot of this legislation that's coming around value-based care, whether it's MIPS or any of the other kind of um, forms of value-based care that's coming. And I think one of the things that I've taken from my experience in working in the trenches, so to say, as a provider and seeing the, the pains of trying to adjust our whole system from what it's, we're currently on a fee-for-services model to a value-based model is that there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And so I've tried to embody some of that experience and some of the pain that comes from that into what we're trying to do at Luma Health and that our platform, it's a, it's a messaging platform, but really what we'd like to do is just make you more efficient at what you're supposed to do and make you a more efficient provider and healthcare system. And that's exactly what kind of in, is embodied in value-based care. And so our goal is to help you make that transition in a way on the patient messaging front from what you're doing today, which is kind of more transactionally driven, more, you know, you do something and you get reward for it to being one, you're driven by outcomes and not necessarily transaction driven, but driven for, uh, you're, you're actually rewarded for driving better outcome for the patient, better patient satisfaction and lowering costs. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, can you give us an example of how you guys have done this at Luma? Yeah. yeah. So for example, uh, we look at some of our endocrinology practices. If you look under the nitty gritty details of of MIPS, you're rewarded on an annual basis to see your patient, to have their foot exam documented, to have their eye exam documented. Now, in a traditional model, you're still rewarded uh, for bringing those patients back in, but you're rewarded purely based on that visit, and then you're billing for that visit. But what happens, unfortunately, in most of these practices is that they're, each provider is maybe covering 5,000, 6,000 patients. And it's very difficult to keep track of who, who has come in, who hasn't come in. And not just that, it, the barriers of getting the patient in are not just merely about, let's just find a time slot for them. It's all about, you know, do they have a ride? Are they engaged? Are they educated? Do the, does the patient know that they should be coming in? And so we extract all that and we try to understand where the patient is in their, kind of, in their appointment life cycle and get them back in. So for example, We'll go to a diabetic practice and say, we will help you identify all your patients that haven't been in for your annual foot exam. And not only will we message them and engage them, educating them about what it is that they need to get in for, but we will actually make it convenient for them to book that appointment. So for example, we'll sell them educational materials saying, hey, look, you know, getting in for your annual foot exam can save you from a life-threatening foot, foot infection. Here is an easy way for you to get in and we'll, we'll message them and put a little link on there for our web scheduler. And so idea is that we can help take with the existing data that's existing in their EMRs and help them make sense of it and be able to engage these patients without the practice of having to really change much of what they do. I think it's really neat. And um, just working on, on, the, on the patient front, trying to help leverage sort of the gaps in, in, in care and, and, and creating some sort of way to, to, to bridge those gaps. 
uh, I think is really key. You, you talk about value-based care. It's definitely on the mind of, of a lot of the listeners and a lot of the healthcare leaders. And so it's great that you guys are working to, to make it granular and make it actionable. Can you talk to us about maybe a setback that you had early on and what you learned uh, from that as it relates to value-based care? Uh, a setback relates to value-based care. I can tell you about a setback I had before this, which actually helped me drive some of what we we're doing today. Love it. Um, Let's do it. And so during medical school, um, one of the challenges that I found was, and because I worked in Southeast Michigan, patients didn't have access to cheap medications. And what would happen was we would send the home, we would we'd discharge a patient from the hospital and we'd give them a medication that was most appropriate for them, not realizing that it was way too expensive and it was, it was out of their financial capabilities. And so I thought, hey, look, I need to solve this problem. And my background, some of it, as you mentioned earlier, is in, in somewhat in technology. So I guess I look at all problems, see if technology can solve it, which is not always true, but that's my tact at a lot of things. And so I decided to actually build a website um, that curated pricing information across a lot of different um, pharmaceutical websites. And then also try to layer on top of that therapeutic equivalents. So for example, if you were on a particular medication, I could help surface to you a cheaper equivalent of that medication. And the idea being that the patient would say, hey, look, I can't afford a brand name drug, but here is a therapeutic equivalent or a cheaper drug that I can get. So I got a little bit of you know, initial traction with that. The, the one thing I realized was that the decision maker wasn't the patient. And, but my important, most important learning lesson from this was I spent a lot of time curating the web, collecting a lot of data. And I realized that the best way to solve problems is to actually talk to the patients and figure out what's the best way for them to solve, what's, what it, to get in front of that customer and ask them before spending a lot of time and invest, investing a lot of effort in trying to solve the problem. And I, the best way to solve problems is not to put a lot of money into it or a lot of technology into it, but actually get in a fix of it to understand what the real problem is and then to build something that's really small and easy to shorten the time and the effort that goes into solving a problem. I think that's so insightful. And, you know, there's definitely, I think a lot of people tend to go to the sort of, hey, let's build it and then see if it solves the problem. And it sounds like definitely the, the solution brought out from this was talk to the patient, get some solutions first, and then build it, right? For sure. And, and I think we've, we've embodied a lot of this now as we've built that Luma Health in our first days, our initial product was a lot, a lot around getting patients scheduled. Um, but a lot of it was driven by just working directly with providers and trying to figure out what was the core problem they're trying to solve rather than us assuming that this is a problem that they want to solve and this is a solution for it. Rather, we kind of worked around figuring out what exactly is the problem they're trying to solve and trying to see if we could solve that problem without too much effort to really validate what we're doing was going to drive value for our customers. Yeah, I think that's a really great call out. And and so, well, now that you've worked through some of the bugs, you've gotten some major strides ahead of you. What what do you say is one of your greatest accomplishments or one of your proudest moments in, in medicine? Yeah, that's a great question about my, my proudest medical accolade. I think one of the problems that I had in my practice, and I think this is what really shines for me because it combines some of what my personal experiences as a provider and some of the work we're doing at Luma Health was a problem that I saw in my practice, which was that there was a great percentage of patients being a radiologist who weren't coming in for their annual mammogram. And this was particularly challenging to me because there's good data around how effective 
annual screening is for mammogram, how many live saves it, it equates to. And so this was actually a challenge that we took up at Luma Health saying, hey, look, we can help these patients. And so we set up a messaging cadence or messaging platform for uh, one of the local practices that I work with and help their patients get engaged, which included educational message and, and a way to uh, drive them to becoming scheduled. And what was and the reason why I say this is one of the proudest moments for me as a, as a physician is because it helped me combine between what I was seeing on a daily basis, which was patients who were not being seen and combining what we're trying to build at Luma Health, which was trying to get these patients back in the door. And what was most exciting to me about this was that the baseline adoption rate for uh, mammogram in our uh, local area, which is Sonoma, is around 30 or 40%. We were able to drive this up 10 to 20%, depending on the geographical location. And what's most exciting to me about this is this, this actually equates directly with lives saved. Um, and so I think this was, for me, as a physician, it's, you know, we look at one patient at a time, we're addressing the patient and, and their issues. Um, one of the most compelling things about wanting to start something like Luma Health was that I saw problems in my practice that were systemic, that were broader than what I could do as a physician. And for example, that was around health illiteracy. The patients just don't understand why, for example, getting an annual mammogram is, is effective for them to you know, reduce the risk for developing breast cancer and improves their uh, longevity. And what Luma Health did was, and which is you know, one of my motivations in wanting to do this, is address some of these systemic problems that are in the healthcare system, whether it's health illiteracy, whether it's getting patients access to care. Um, and I think that one of the reasons why this was kind of a proud moment for me personally, or personally satisfying for me, I should say, was that these are patients that I was seeing every day. And now I, I, in my own local community, I was able to drive greater adoption of a mammography by just using a simple you know, messaging platform that you know, combined between open access, giving patients access to scheduling and, and patient education. I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Just finding a way to, to, to broaden that impact. That's, that's so great that you're able to, to, to implement those systems and, and came up with a great way to save some lives. So you guys are, are doing some cool things over there, no doubt. Um, what would you say one of the most exciting things that you're working on at Luma is today? Yeah, I think um, one, 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 one direction we're trying to push uh, our product is into further automating a lot of the conversation that needs to happen around the appointment lifecycle. Um, so a lot of the communication that happens between a patient and a provider or a provider and a patient, depending on which direction we're talking about, is manually driven or it doesn't happen. Um, some of it's just something as simple as just a pre-appointment reminder, but some of it could be um, some of what we talked about helping patients understand, hey, you need to get in for your uh, annual diabetic foot exam. But I think what really we are really more excited about is probably on, kind of broken into two categories. One is driving some of this conversation and making it even more personal. Um, so understanding a lot more context about what's going on with the patient and being able to deliver that nudge to get that patient to the next step. So for example, we understand that a patient was recently discharged from a, an episode of a myocardial or a heart attack. Um, and understanding, for example, what, were, what actually happened with the patient while they were inside the hospital and to drive some of that conversation and deliver the content that they need to make sure that the recovery in, outside of the hospital happens. So I think what we're trying to do is basically create and scale a physician and their ability to give advice and provide or deliver healthcare, but be able to capture some of that in an automated way so that the physicians focus on things that are much more in, uh, in front of them. Um, so that's kind of one thing where we're trying to drive some of the conversations that have to happen in a more audited way or more bot-driven way. The other is, and I think this is kind of a general trend we're seeing in a lot of different companies, is that 
physicians, we generate tons and tons of data. And unfortunately, we actually don't use a lot of the data. Mm-hmm. And so one of the exciting things that we're trying to do is trying to help practices understand what are the gems that are existing in their in their in all this data that they've collected. And so one of the projects that we're working on right now is doing some sort of some cancellation modeling to help understand, for example, can we predict a patient's not showing up to an appointment before it actually happens? And this is kind of important on two fronts. It's important on one front because if the patient doesn't show up, they get lost to care and they might not get ever get connected back to care which then means that they can have a potential bad outcome. The other thing is, which is actually equally important, is that data has shown is that patients who have poor adherence to um, appointments, showing up an appointment, are actually tied to poor um, health outcomes. And so what we can help to do is by just looking at scheduling behavior, we can help you model for your practice um, or for a healthcare system, who are the high-risk patients for you that are going to um, get the sickest and so that we can do more targeted outreach to them. We can make sure that they get in for their appointments. We can make sure that they're getting their annual foot exam, whatever it is. So I think broadly speaking, what we're trying to do is really help to further automate a lot of that uh, engagement or conversation that happens around it and have it be really data-driven. I think it's wonderful. Uh, and and it's so great that you're approaching this, uh, Dr. Akram, with, with such uh, passion and, and also optimism. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people that have lost faith and have stopped trying, to be honest. And it's great that you're looking for ways to continue finding opportunities to, to better engage patients, to empower physicians. And so kudos to you for, for staying focused and, uh, and solution-oriented in, in, in the thick of it. So I just definitely want to give you, give you huge, uh, huge kudos for that. No, thank you much. I'm, I'm definitely an optimist. Uh, maybe time aware on me, but um, I think that there, there isn't a problem that can't be solved. Love it. And that's great. And I, I definitely agree. We have to be looking at this with a solution lens, folks. So if you're feeling like you're down in the dumps and that there are no, there is no way to do it, take some inspiration here with our talk uh, with Dr. Ekram. Um, getting close to the end of the podcast here, we've got four questions, lightning round style for you, followed by a book that you recommend for the listeners. You ready? Let's do it. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think getting patients access to care and educating patients. Um, I think there's just, and there's so much health illiteracy out there that patients don't understand. And I think if you empower them and, and help them understand why it's important to get access to care, they would do it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I would say it's probably related to what we just talked about is, is assuming that the patient understands and um, talking over the patient. And I think, uh, unfortunately, we might not spend enough time trying to educate patients. And so we assume that the patient understands you know, what the next step is and, and, not understand, and not realizing that that's actually not the case. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Putting in processes that one always... Be, actually, let me step back. It would be data-driven and, and, and putting in process to always look at what your data looks like and, and being always open to change. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Uh, being patient-focused. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? Uh, I'll answer this with two books, if that's okay. That's fine. Uh, so one of my favorite authors, Atul Gawande. Um, so it's mm-hmm. Better uh, a Surgeon's Notes on Performance. And he's got several books. Um, I think one of the most important takeaways from his book is that he emphasizes always learning. And um, he actually gave my uh, graduation talk at my from medical school. And that was his takeaway point. Even though you've finished becoming a medical student, you actually have just begun your uh, educational process. And I think that's great for anyone. It doesn't have to be in just in healthcare. And the second book I would say is Lean Startup. 
Um, and although that book is focused on helping individuals start a company from scratch, I think one of the important lessons that we kind of touched upon this earlier is that if you're looking to solve a problem, look to solve it in the cheapest way possible before spending too much time and effort into it. Love it. Great recommendations there. What I'd like for you guys to do is to go to outcomesrocket.health and look up Luma Health and you're going to find the entire podcast interview with Dr. Ekram, show notes, transcripts, links to all the things that we discussed. It's all there. Just go to outcomesrocket.health, Luma Health. And so before we conclude, Dr. Ekram, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place that the listeners could get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, I'd say that if you're looking for a way to drive patient engagement, um, embrace value-based care and see how patient engagement and patient messaging fits into that, please feel free to reach out to Luma Health. Our website is lumahealth.io. Outstanding. Dr. Ekram, just want to say thanks again for spending time with us. Oh, thank you for inviting us. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.